This is the Mo Money Podcast with your host, Jessica Morehouse. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Mo Money Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday day. Today I am interviewing Karen Yap. She is the personal finance blogger behind Making the Bacon. And I've known her for several years, but I actually finally got to meet her in person when I went to the Canadian Personal Finance Conference this past fall. So I am so excited to have her on the show. We're going to be talking about how she got into personal finance blogging, uh, her relationship with money, and uh, her uh, series that she does on her blog, which is all about promoting uh, women and their careers and just women doing awesome stuff, which I am all about. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited to chat with you. I'm very excited to be on your podcast. You're my first podcast. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited that I'm your first podcast. It's awesome. So I have known you as a blogger for several years, probably for as long as you've had uh, your uh, blog, Making the Bacon, and it's awesome. You live in the city, super awesome. But um, as much as I know you as a blogger, I'd like to know you a little bit more. I want to go a bit deeper. So I'd love for you to share kind of how this all started for you. How did you get interested in personal finance? Um, let's go from the beginning. Yeah, sure. So growing up, my parents never really talked to me about money. Um, I didn't have an allowance and mm-hmm. I was actually not allowed to work during high school. They preferred that I work during the breaks. And it wasn't until my last year of high school I worked. Um, I think they were really focused on me having a good education and they yeah. felt that, I don't know, I guess having a job might distract me from trying to get the good grades. So, mm-hmm. and I also like to think, yeah, they were pretty, uh, protective, of me mm-hmm. growing up, like they were afraid of me taking, you know, public transportation, you know, at mm-hmm. night by myself. And I guess, you know, as a teenager, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, where did you grow up again? Uh, I grew up in the burbs. Like I was born in Toronto, but mm-hmm. I grew up in Mississauga. So we lived mm-hmm. in a, a normal like middle class neighborhood. And I felt like at the time, though, it was weird because I felt that everyone else had more than we did. Mm-hmm. But looking back at it, I had a a pretty good life, but I guess I was mm-hmm. consumed by like, oh, these people, you know, they have like so many cars and these people, mm-hmm. you know, have all these brand names and go on vacations all the time. Yeah, And um, yeah, but the thing is like the more I think about it, I think I did have a little bit of frugality in me growing up because my mom told me I did and she says that I <laughs> got it from my grandpa, but I don't know if there's any proof in that it's genetic (laughs) (laughs) it might be i have frugal genes but uh the reason why i say this because there's um one thing that strikes my mind is um you've heard of canada's wonderland right yeah oh my gosh no that was like the first freaking thing i did when i moved to toronto i'm not even joking yeah from growing up in um bc we still got the commercials of canada's wonderland i'm so disappointed as a kid realizing i'm like oh what we don't have that they're like, no, it's only in Ontario. Like, no, you have the mountains and the ocean instead. I know, but I really wanted to go to Canada's Wonderland. So I've definitely been there and it was awesome. Okay, well, you, I was to say like, yeah. So instead of um, the first few years of high school, instead of like looking for a job and working like everybody else during the summer, I went to Canada's Wonderland every summer and I had a season's pass. But oh my god, back to frugality. Um, instead of buying my lunch with my mm-hmm. friends, I actually brown bagged my lunch. To and like I brought and I don't even remember, I think, you know, PB and J sandwiches while my mm-hmm. friends bought uh, the chicken fingers and fries. And most of the time they couldn't finish it. So I mm-hmm. would finish it for them. So I, in a sense, I got a I got free food. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my um, interest in personal finance, I guess, didn't really escalate until um, after I got my first job. My mm-hmm. mom like tried to get me into investing, and then I would say it was about a year before. I- I really clued in and thought like, okay, maybe I should learn about it. So yeah, I'd have to say my mom was probably like a huge factor mm-hmm. in driving uh, to learn more about investing. And she like told me to open up an RSP and participate in my employer's uh, pension plan. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because our conversations now, uh, they kind of revolve around like stocks. She yep. Like actually, it's funny, like, earlier today, she called me and says like, oh, so this is up and now this is down. And it's like, well, well what have you bought already? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, your normal mother-daughter conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And you know what? I, I, it's always funny when you find out how lots of people got into personal finance. I'd say like a huge majority of those people, it was like that one person that kind of said, hey, have you thought about that? Yeah. And for me, it was my older sister. Oh, really? Without her, she was the one who said like, hey, have you heard of like these personal finance blogs? And there's actually a couple that I, you know, bloggers that I'm friends with now that she suggested I, I read because she started getting interested in it as well. And yeah, if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's cool. Cause, I mean, now that I've revealed myself and to more of my friends and family mm-hmm. and just uh, talking to them, like uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I was t- talking to one of my friends m- talking about personal finance. And then she's like, I'm into finance. And we had just like this crazy conversation. She's like, yeah, people need to invest and you can't just depend on your know, pensions for retirement. Like she was just so mm-hmm. passionate. And then I thought to myself, wow, I am so glad I talked to you. I'm like, we need to have coffee more often yeah. and just talk about money. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like, yeah, especially people that, you know, just kind of discover the world of personal finance. It's so freaking exciting. And that sounds so nerdy, but it is yeah, no. because you realize the possibilities and you realize, oh my gosh, I had, I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah. It's like an aha moment. It, it's yeah. funny, like going back to what my friend was saying, like, yeah, she would like message me and like text me and say like, oh my God, you've opened my eyes. So I mm-hmm. sent her links of like blogs that I um, read and then podcasts that I listened to, yours included. And <laughs> like, oh my God, like I'm now like listening to podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I'm so obsessed. Like, isn't this the greatest thing ever? Even though mm-hmm. podcasts have been around for so long, but I'm only discovering them now. <laughs> I only discovered them like, uh, like honestly, maybe a year and a half ago. I oh, don't know really? where I was. Yeah. And then I just got like, I'm obsessed. Like, it's just an obsession for me now. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So so you started getting more interested in, you know, personal finance and investing when you had your first, you know, job like the, at the start of your career. Um, when did kind of the blog get involved in, in that? At what point in your career did you're like, hmm, I think maybe I can go on to start writing about this? Well, the funny thing is even – till this day, like given that I'm in my early 30s, I still feel like I've never really had a career because I've bounced around like from job to job thing like mm-hmm. the, ki- the kids in a bouncy castle. That was that was me. And I don't know if it was just, you know, I wanted things faster than I should have gotten them. And then a, that combined with impatience. But um, after like bouncing around for several jobs, I finally mm-hmm. landed a job with the federal government and everyone's mm-hmm. like, you know, Ooh, that's like the unicorn, the one thing that everybody wants and they can't. Yeah. You're set for life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, it was like a couple of years into it. I was kind of feeling bored and 
I started to blog, but really the main reason behind blogging was I wanted to, I wanted to make more money. But oh yeah, everyone knows that you know it takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah, um, more time and effort than you ever imagined to make you know money consistently. And clearly, uh, that wasn't the case. But then, um, even though I wasn't making money during that time, I still found like I enjoyed writing, I enjoyed mm-hmm. ranting, and you know <laughs> seeing people's comments and. Um, knowing that people could relate was why I started the blog. And also, um, back in the day, I think like many bloggers, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed writing. You know, I had the diary, wrote the poems and wrote the stories yeah. like in, in the journal. And yeah, blogging just kind of helped uh, rekindle that passion for writing. And it's funny because my OAC English teacher mm-hmm. at the time thought I was going to major in English but then I told her no I'm, I'm going to be majoring in chemical engineering which is you know a complete 180 from right yeah. there isn't really that much writing involved <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm really glad that um, I got back into it through blogging absolutely it's nice to have and I, I always think this because I've just had I've had my blog for over four years now pretty much as soon as I moved out and started you know living on my own and, and working full-time outside of school and everything like that that's kind of when I started my blog and I've I really I'm like I don't know what I would do with all of my free time if I didn't have this to do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's just been part of my life for so long yeah. and it's such a nice way it's, it's nice to have an outlet like this and especially like the one thing that I absolutely love about having my own blog and you probably um agree with this is just the community not just other bloggers out there that you could but just like other people that read your blog that you can, can connect with over like social media or comments or email it's just it's really cool just to yeah talked about money with other like-minded people or people that are just as nerdy and passionate about it as you are. Yeah. I find it's also like a huge ego booster too. Like if you're having a bad day and then somebody tweets and is like, oh my God, I love your post or your post resonated with me or just like, you know, you have a new follower on your social media. I'm like, oh my God, the world is great again. (laughs) Oh, I know. Like whenever I get an email from someone that, you know, says like, oh, I really liked your article, your podcast or whatever, I will absolutely read it out loud to my husband and be like, look what that said. (laughs) Isn't that so nice? (laughs) It's a very nice ego booster for sure. So how long have you had your blog now? Uh, I would say it will be four years in June. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, which is, uh, I think, you know, around, I would say maybe the average um, Mm -hmm. amount of time. But to be honest, it feels like I am like I was constantly restarting over and over again. I, yeah, because it definitely, definitely seems like your blog's focus more is now like careers, women in careers, which I love because that's, I'm super, I I feel like people should be writing more about that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't until late last year I decided, made that, you know, conscious effort of, okay, I'm going to treat this like a business. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, go at it full throttle, try to do it every day. And yeah, it's it's amazing when you see like the difference when you put in the effort, you actually see the results. Whereas going back to my career with the government, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it wasn't that way. I would go above and beyond and try to network with mm-hmm. um, people. And it just didn't seem like anything was going anywhere. It was almost as if, you know, you were pigeonholed. Like once you got in and at that yeah. specific position, like that's where you were going to stay. And it was almost, I guess, it seemed like, okay, well, you know, be happy that you're there. So just like, just to stay there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit about 
that, you know, it seemed like you had kind of like, oh, dream job. Most people would consider you're set for life with a, a job for the government. But you obviously weren't happy. You weren't fulfilled and you wanted to change, which is totally understandable. I'm, I totally agree that if you're unhappy in your job, you should get out because it will start yeah. to seep into your daily life. So what did you do to kind of turn things around? Um. Well, I just it, just, it all started, I think, having to do with taking a, a part-time course in web development because I felt, well, I'm not learning anything in my current job right now. I should just, you know, seek outside resources. And there I like, met people who had changed their careers. And yeah, it was just nice to hear other people's stories, the way they were feeling about their career too. So there was like a sense mm-hmm. of community. So I'd have to say that was kind of what triggered it. And then from... There, I started to take more courses, um, those weekend workshops uh, with Ladies Learning Code. and Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I thought like those were really cool because, you know, it's, it's women leading the um, courses and then they have like female mentors and the majority of people who are taking the courses, women. So it's also nice, again, to like share like, oh, why are you taking this course or you think of a career change? And again, you know, just that sense of community and being yeah. able to uh, relate to each other was what I found, I guess, my current job was lacking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, not my current job. I love my current no, uh, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Your pre- past my job. My previous job, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. So you found that it was really... Um, kind of vital to make the next step to kind of jump into a career that you would be more fulfilled in to um, kind of just go outside of your comfort zone, take some courses, see if that's what you like to do. And also you did a lot of networking and went to events to meet other people in that field to see if that's what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. Which I think is awesome because m- most people will maybe just do a lot of research online, but they won't eat. It's so valuable to yeah actually talk to people that are working in the field to see if that's something you want to do yeah and I I think you're also an introvert too but given the fact that I'm uh, crazy insane I think I'm the epitome of introversion um, Mm. it was it was very difficult because I was going to these meetups by myself um, oh that's so hard isn't it it's so hard and the fact that I didn't have any tech experience I didn't have a tech background I worked for the government so I'm sure you know, like I felt I wasn't uh, worth worth talking yeah. to. I felt like people didn't really feel the need to talk to me because, you know, I wasn't in the industry yet. But now that I am, it just feels more like like it's a fit. Yeah. But prior to that, it was very it was very, very awkward. I felt like it was like speed dating and I, I didn't I wasn't prepared. Right. I just didn't know how to initiate the mm-hmm. conversation. But it got easier with time. Right. Like the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But then also at the same time, I feel sometimes like people. Uh, when I go to these things, people already like know each other. And then like when you mm. don't know anybody, it's just kind of like, oh, awkward and scary. I'll just, I'll just hide behind the food. <laughs> I know. I know. Those, <laughs> it's, it's not easy yeah. for sure. And especially when I first moved to Toronto and really wanted to switch careers, I, I was working in sales, wanted to move into a digital marketing role. I did go to lots of those networking events and I went alone. And man, was it tough, especially I find it it's tough and especially it's a woman, I find it yes, very tough yes. to talk about myself and elevate myself and say, oh, I'm awesome at this because yeah. you just don't do that normally, you know? And that's something that I feel like you, uh, as I'm realizing as I get older and older, it's, it's you need to do that. <laughs> you have to talk yourself up. Otherwise, no one will care because unless you tell them why they should care, they won't care. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I don't know. I think maybe it's one of these things where <laughs> I would need to like listen to a Rocky montage and like pump myself up before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or just a glass of wine helps for me. <laughs> one glass of wine will do the trick. And then I'm a bit like, all right, hey, guys, <laughs> let's chat. Um, so what I love about your blog is you have been doing this series called the, is it the making the bacon series, right? Um, yeah, initially it was like, how are you making the bacon? And then I thought like, oh, mm-hmm. that's too long. So now I just decided to, uh, keep it short and just be like making the bacon with mm-hmm. whoever so-and-so. Yeah. But yeah, the career. Which career. I love because I was featured on there. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you highlight, um, women that are doing Really, like how are they making their money? What are they doing? Their careers that are interesting. So insp- you're sharing inspirational stories so other people can relate and, you know, have the courage to do it themselves. Yeah. Um. How the reason why I started it was just basically again going back to my previous job. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do with my life and what other jobs are out there. And yeah, I, I guess it was one of those like when you have an aha moment or an aha idea for your blog, like, Hey, what if I, you know, do this like career series? And then, yeah, I just, you know, contact people like thinking their job is interesting and would want to know more about it. And I'm sure, um, a lot of the readers are probably thinking, Oh, Hey, like I never knew like that was what, uh, this particular job consisted of. So yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, you know, just reading about, yeah, all the different jobs and then how people got into them and what they like about it. And also, um, especially like the struggles they face. Cause you know, like every person I think, uh, faces Mm -hmm. some sort of struggle in their career at one point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they say they haven't, they're (laughs) They're lying. lying. (laughs) They're so lying. (laughs) Yeah, it it always kind of makes me, you know, think of, you know, my younger sister has a semester left at university and then she's, you know, graduated with a bachelor's degree. And she's at the point where she's starting to think about her future, what she wants to do as a career. And she's getting, you know, a general arts degree. I mean, I graduated with a fine arts degree in film production. So she's almost a little better off than I was, I think. And I try to think, you know, something like that, like your series would be so useful for, you know, these women that are in university and at the point where they're starting to think of like, where do I actually want to take my career? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard when you are in university and you're just studying, writing papers, you're not necessarily thinking or you don't necessarily have the resources to find out what real jobs are outside of those walls. Yeah, I think even going like further back in... um like high school, I feel because you enter university at such a young age, like how are you supposed to know what you want to be when you grow up, when you haven't even worked in like the professional world, like you don't have the experience and that you figure, okay, just based on, you know, the high school subjects I like or the high school subjects I'm good at, I'm going to major in this only to find that the majority of people, they end up switching. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up like switching my, my degrees. So going from the like, chemical engineering to science and then I didn't realize like I don't even... I don't even like science. I don't even really like working in the lab, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's just one of those things where I think I don't know if high school could ever become um, more practical in the future to try and give mm-hmm. people more of that option to actually like really experience what it's like in the work. Like, I don't even know. I, I think there was a co-op um, program in my high school, but I, ne- mm-hmm. I didn't even bother to take it. Like I shouldn't like, thinking back yeah i should have tried that work study i think program. We, we may have had that program but it wasn't like highly publicized and i don't think it was like learn what you know yeah a chemical engineer actually does or a digital marketer does it was very like this is what a nurse does i'm like i'm pretty sure everyone kind of knows you know <laughs> like there's enough tv shows about hospitals i think we get it <laughs> there should definitely be a little bit more education yeah in terms of teaching 
people what jobs are actually out there. And and to be fair, it is kind of difficult because, you know, jobs are changing all the time. I mean, my role didn't exist. Like social media did not exist when I was in high school. And that's a big part of my job right now. So yeah. And then like my job was actually like created. It didn't exist like early on with the company was I think it was just recently like made up maybe like a a few months before I started (laughs) exactly and so what do you what do you do now um well I can't really disclose what I do on a daily uh basis but I could kind of give a a general description yeah it's like a bit of tech and a bit of business together. Um, so we have a lot of servers in different countries. So I'm responsible for um, researching like the countries and setting up servers over mm-hmm. in those countries virtually, monitoring them, making sure they're gathering data, and also managing the costs of those servers. So yeah, it has okay. a, a bit of a personal finance aspect. Yeah, to it's funny because yeah. and again, that's probably a job that most people wouldn't even be aware of. But it's like no, most companies have that. Yeah. Like position in them. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. So, you know, wrapping up, I would love to, cause you have interviewed so many people for your blog for this, um, making the bacon series. What are some of the kind of key things that you've learned or just some tips that you would give to, you know, millennials or students, um, when it comes to career advice? Um, well, Let's let's say that this is, this is not coming from an expert, but this is uh, what I tried and I found to work for me. Just basically going to meetups and listening to like talks, just listening to uh, people about their different experiences. I found uh, taking the workshops and courses and again, also meeting people through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing would have to be like be relentless to develop mm-hmm. a thick skin and to not give up but be smart and strategic about like quitting like when something you know isn't working and you feel it it won't work then i i don't see a point in putting like it's okay to focus your efforts elsewhere and also like know that you aren't alone so it's it's pretty obvious that like social media the internet and blogs have shown that there are a lot of people going through the same thing so absolutely yeah and I, no, I think that's a really key thing that you said like don't it's okay to quit and I feel like honestly growing up my mom and this and that like I understand where my mom was coming from but when I was you know younger in high school um yeah it was a bit of a not a job hopper but yeah like I didn't really take my customer service job super seriously because it was like you know I got paid minimum wage and whatever and she used to always put the importance of like I know it's not you know it's not super fun and I mean I'm talking like I used to work in A&W it was like greasy (laughs) and like there was fries all the time yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great job it was what it was but uh, she used to always kind of put the reports of like, don't quit, please don't quit. You know, you need the, you know, save for university and also it's teaching you a lot. And, you know, this is life. Like, you know, sometimes you're not going to like your job. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized, you know, it's okay to quit when you know it's time to quit. If it's having an effect on you, like your mental health, mm-hmm. then it's time to go. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, there's, not- there's nothing wrong with quitting. No. Key takeaway. Key takeaway. I know. I know. Sort of a a negative, but it's also positive. Honestly, like I've, whenever I've, you know, finally decide to quit something and then I've done it, something positive has always happened after. It's scary when you're in that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what lies ahead, but usually something really positive happens after. So. 
And that was episode 41 of the Mo Money podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Make sure to check out the show notes for some more information about Karen, her blog, and her blog series about careers and women and uh, people just doing awesome things at jessicamorehouse.com slash 41. And also, before I go, I just wanted to give out a few shout outs to some iTunes reviews. I really, really appreciate when people give me reviews on iTunes. It uh, lets me know what people want to hear more of, less of, and if I'm just doing a good job. So make sure to do that. Again, go to the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 41 for a link if you're not already on iTunes. But here are some reviews that I've gotten recently. So the first review is from Gadowska. Uh, They say, this podcast is great for Gen Y or millennials. Jessica has smart conversations with a great range of guests. Looking forward to future episodes. Well, thank you so much. Uh, The next one I have is from Tech Savvy-ish. I Googled how to write a review because I wanted to share how much this podcast has changed my life. Thanks for making that Google. That's awesome. I've always had financial goals, but I wasn't very focused. I would pay more than I should on my debt, but I wasn't making huge dents. After I began to listen to this podcast last year, I crushed some serious goals. And I'm on my way to financial freedom. Thanks, Jessica. Um, thank you. That is freaking awesome. And I can't wait for you to reach your financial freedom goals. That's super, super cool. And one more from Cujo222. Jessica's interview skills are excellent. She's great and engaging conversations with interesting guests. I'm so happy to have found this Canadian-based personal finance podcast. Keep it up. Thank you so much to everyone who has left me a review. If you haven't yet, please do. I will read it on a future episode and just give you a future, you know, a virtual high five or thumbs up or whatever. So thanks again for listening and I will see you here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.